Hey, what's happening, you guys? Welcome to the Proclivity Podcast. I am your host. I'm here and joined by my co-host, Coach Emily. Coach, how are you doing? Hello. Today? I'm doing so well. Best day ever? Of course. Of course it's the best day ever. And we're really excited today on the show because we're talking about stuff that's super near and dear to our heart, right? We focus on metabolic flexibility. And I, I over the last year, have really worked and gone into uh, intermittent fasting, um, time-constricted uh, feeding windows, uh, long fasts, all that kind of jazz. And today, we have an expert in the field. It's going, we're going to be we're going to be talking about some intermittent fasting, some metabolic flexibility. So always super excited to uh, talk about that. So before we get started, I want to thank our sponsors, Eight Sleep and Faco. Faco. <laughs> yes. Faco. Skincare brand. The best, cleanest option in terms of ingredients and quality. They're great. Check them out. You can go Faco. We got a discount, right? Proclivity. Mm-hmm. Check it yep, out. Use code Proclivity. Check it out. Check it out. All right. Without further ado, let's bring on our guest today. Brian Grin is an intermittent fasting expert, wellness coach, author, human movement specialist, and host of the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. This is an awesome podcast. Check it out, guys. We always love supporting other podcasters. So make sure to check out the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. He is, he is leading the way in the intermittent fasting community as the author of the Simple Intermittent Fasting Journal, along with the creator of the Intermittent Fasting Certification Course. I want to welcome to the show, Brian Grin. Brian. Yeah, I'm what's, here. <laughs> what's happening, man? Not much. Thanks for having me on. Dude, super excited to be able to dive into intermittent fasting. Yet before we get started, I am interested. How did you get into this world? Like Emily and I have our stories, right? Emily had, um, she had some gut issues that the doctors couldn't figure out, right? I was lost in the, in the world. And then I started getting into the fitness realm. What was your story getting into this, that, that what you're doing now? Uh, yeah, so appreciate you having me on. And uh, my story regarding getting into sort of the health and wellness realm is, uh, I mean, I, something I was always interested probably in college. I started like, actually in high school, I started lifting and getting into into uh, just working out. Um, and it just sort of grew through the years and then started doing some, doing some training um, in, in a small studio outside the city of Chicago. Um, and started to realize that nutrition was a big aspect to getting people healthy. Um, a client of mine actually introduced me to fasting. She was uh, like pre-diabetic, uh, you know, had a lot of high blood markers and um, just her metabolic health wasn't great. And she like started doing it on her own. Um, you know, she had some guidance from a holistic nutrition um, individual who like, you know, had all her markers and made sure she did it right. But anyways, she, she had great results with with fasting and she was she started off slow but then started doing some extended fast and she got great results and that that 
that sort of prompted me to learn more about fasting. I didn't know much about it other than I know like a lot of the major religions obviously use it. Um, and so that sort of prompted me to start doing it for my own good, just to see, cause you know, as you get older, you got to sort of try, try to mix it up and, and, um, you know, staying fit and, and, you know, metabolically healthy, it gets a little bit more difficult as you get older, I would say. And so, yeah, I just got into fasting myself. Um, and that sort of prompted me to get, you know, I had, I had great results and yeah, it's, came out with a journal and just like this fat burner blueprint, which is a six month program. Um, and it just sort of, yeah, I've just been building ever since. So I guess I would say a client of mine actually introduced me to fasting and I just sort of took it from there. And there must've been some really like amazing changes for you to be able to go, Ooh, wow. I really want that. You know, this is, I'm passionate about that. What was, what were the big changes for you? Well, for me, I was, I've always, I guess, for the most part, been in decent health. Uh, and and um, I think for me, it was more like just another tool that I could use. And I found that uh, it got my body back to like what it was like, let's say I, I'm, I'm 41 right now. I started in my 30s with fasting, mid 30s, I'd say. And it got me back, like turn back the clock. I felt like five, <laughs> seven years. <laughs> uh both mentally and physically and i was like wow this is a cool tool to have um and so it just prompted me to dive deeper into it and yeah that was that was it so i guess the biggest thing for me was was it, it helped bring my body back a bit and also mentally just more mental acuity felt energized throughout the day and uh just felt i don't know i guess you felt can you fall in love with fasting or no yeah <laughs> there you go I'm not the only one. Dude, dude. Yeah, 100%. Um, getting into fasting was one of the best things that I did for my body. And one of the things that I found out, Brian, is that I came from the world of being a, a CrossFit coach. High intensity, high training, heavy weights, right? Eat six meals a day, right? My body was so freaking inflamed. And the mm -hmm. pandemic came. And I was working out from at home with some dumbbells. So I'm like, well, well, do I really need to eat as much? No. Then I started researching fasting, intermittent fasting. And I started getting into it. You know, then I said, oh, I'll just eat two times in a day. Oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll even try eating one time in a day. Then all of a sudden, my body just started sloughing off fat. <laughs> it's just, I don't know if that's the right word. Emily, is that the right word? Sloughing? <laughs> I like it. Okay, we're going to stick with it. It's sloughing off weight. <laughs> and what I realized is, Brian, I only had to do 30-minute workouts. Like, I, I kept strength-based, you know, three to four days a week, right? Dumbbell-based stuff. My body's never looked better. Never felt better. No aches, no pains, right? N none of that stuff. Did you get yeah. those same type of I actually that, Yeah, I was just going to say that story was similar to mine in the sense that once the pandemic hit, I, I just started training in my basement and my workouts were shorter. Um, but, uh, well, a couple of things changed for me. I used to be more of like a pescatarian. And then I just, as I, you know, started my podcast and just researching more about the importance of um, animal protein for growth, um, I started implementing that back into my life. And so I think it was a combination of upping protein and these micro workouts, 
which um, just showed me that you can build muscle and with fasting, you can build muscle by doing that. And like you said, you don't need to eat six times a day. I think I used to snack like I used to, I think I like lived off kind bars for like a good couple of years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I had like stomach aches. I remember having stomach aches from eating too many kind bars. And for uh, sure. yeah. So first and foremost, I think that like eliminating snacking is like a good step one if you've never done any type of fasting and you can mm -hmm. sort of build from there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that, we, we talk about in, in our program, right? And what we tout is metabolic flexibility. Do you use that word? Is, is that a word that you use or do you stay with intermittent fasting? Um, I, yeah, I'm curious with that. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a word that I think gets thrown around a lot mm -hmm. and uh, probably has a few different definitions depending on who you talk to. But I think that, um, yeah, I think, Fasting can, can help you become more metabolically flexible and it can be used as a tool um, and it doesn't need to be used all the time. I think that's the beauty of it is it's, it's sort of this simplistic approach of you're either in a fed state or you're in a fasted state and um, it takes the confusion. I think with every other diet coming out, you know, every two weeks, a new diet, a new way of eating um, and all this confusion around, you know, should I be carnivore? Should I be uh, keto, should I just eat vegetables? And you're, you know, it's like, it, it can be confusing. I mean, I get confused sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'm in, mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure yeah. you guys hear that too. You know, you'll have on the podcast, right? You'll have one expert coming on. I can go through, you know, saying one thing and then someone else saying another thing. But I think most importantly is you just have to self-experiment on yourself. And I know it's sort of cliche, but, you know, find sort of, you know, find what works, what feels best for you. And, um, that's the great thing about fasting is if it, if it doesn't feel right and it might not feel right, you know, you're going to be uncomfortable, especially in the beginning of it, mm -hmm. but you know, just like anything else you can get, you can sort of get through that and just have it as a tool to become more metabolically flexible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. There's, there's going to be so much you guys were about to dive into. You just freaking buckle up. <laughs> so we're talking about fasting. We're talking about metabolic flexibility. There's also a, a term out there too, right? Be, being fat adapted, right? How, do, how does somebody become fat adapted? Does fasting help with getting to a point of being fat adapted? I would say yes. Um, so in order to become fat, well, fat adaption just as the definition refers to your ability to convert fat to energy. Mm -hmm. So when you're fat adapted, you don't need, you know, a, a steady stream of, let's say carbs or glucose to power your day. Yeah. Instead, you can tap into your more abundant for most people, energy supply, and that's yeah. body fat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so this is, this like goes back to like the paleo paleolithic times, right? Our primal days where ancestors, our ancestors didn't have access to food 24 seven. Right and calories at some time were scarce. So their fat mass kept them alive. Um, I actually just interviewed Dr. Richard Johnson and uh, he talks about, you know, how these animals are storing, are, are like literally like eating tons of fruit before mm -hmm. they have to, you know, hibernate and for the winter. And, you know, the body fat is a tool of survival. Um, and so 
yeah, as long as you have a sufficient amount of body fat, you can get into those stores. And the fastest and quickest way to get in those stores is to get your insulin levels down. And obviously, if you're not eating, that's one way of doing it. <laughs> fat adapted. We got fat adapted. We got metabolic flexibility. We got intermittent fasting. These are all like levers, right? That we're talking about less in terms of um, like you have to be on this certain diet because you could, like you were saying, we could be go, we could be keto, we could be paleo, we could be Mediterranean, we could, and still fast and still become fat adapted and still mm -hmm. have metabolic flexibility, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I think I'm not, I, and then you know. I might sound, but I'm, I'm not really like anti-carb. I think the big thing is, is you can have many different, a different eating style and fasting is just a way to compartmentalize your eating window and just give you structure. I think that humans in general do better with a little bit of structure. If they, if, you know, it's like anything, why do we have routines? Uh, we have routines mm -hmm. so we can, you know, you have, I'm, I'm big into like a morning routine, right? Well, why do we do morning routines? It's so we can be, you know, we can have a successful day and feel productive. And, um, you know, I think the same thing rings true with fasting. It just gives you some structure for the day. And if you know that you're, you know, you're eating within a window, you know, not, not to say that you have to like rush and, and feel like you have to just stuff your face in that eating window. But it does give you, you know, okay, I have this time. And then when I'm outside of it, I'm just not going to eat. And um, it might be challenging at first, but just like anything, you know, fasting is a muscle and you have to sort of work your way into it. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it and it took me a while. I mean, it was to, to your point, and I'm going to be very interested in just the people that you work with. So to get to the point of me, being fat adapted or metabolic flexible or being able to intermittent fast and be able to have sustained energy throughout the day. I went from six meals to three meals. When I had three meals, I had, they were high in protein, high in vegetables, right? They gave me, I was able to sustain for four to six hours without eating. Then I started going like, oh, man, I really, what it came down to was like, I don't want to eat in the middle of the day. It takes up too many damn time. You know, I'd rather be doing something else. So then I, then I started doing breakfast and dinner and even just eating breakfast and dinner, I started seeing some incredible, incredible results, right? Which that doesn't, that doesn't actually fit into, you know, inner, the, the terms of intermittent fasting. This is more like I'm restricting my caloric intake, right? Or I have these, you know, feeding windows yet. I, I started seeing these really great results and then after doing a 72 uh, hour fast, I went, well, what if I follow this up with eating once a day? And I started eating once a day. And I, and I did that for an extended period of time, three to four months. And, and some, it wasn't every single day, right? There's some days that, that, I, that, that I ate, depending on what my body felt. Mm -hmm. But I started getting to this point where it's just like, <laughs> Freaking, it's easy. Yeah, I'm freaking Superman here, right? Like, I get to the end of the day and I'm like, I still have energy. I'm still just cruising. I haven't lost muscle mass. I was at one point, I was like, oh man, maybe this isn't so good. So I tested my dead, <laughs> I tested my deadlift and I deadlift 405. 
you know? And so I really started getting to this point where I'm like, wait a second, do we really need to eat? Like, is this really a thing? <laughs> right. And that, that obviously that's a gross exaggeration yet. You know, I, I tested my body also in a, um, ultra marathon, 34 miles. And I didn't do, um, any, uh, carbs during my race. I did nuts, avocados, bacon, so on and so forth, and ran the full 34 miles in that state. And I was able to have energy all the way through. The only thing that crushed me is my electrolytes were way off. And, mm. and, and so like, do you see, or what are the typical results that you see and how long does it usually take for people if they're starting to go, I want to start using the lever of intermittent fasting. Cause some people are just like, this is how I eat. And then I'm just going to start doing 16 to 18 hours. You know, what's the, what's the protocol here? What do you usually see with the clients that you work with? Yeah. So like I was mentioning before, I, I think it's something that, especially if, if they're eating, let's just say they're eating the standard American diet and they've been snacking. I think you sort of want to do, personally, I like to take like one step at a time. Uh, and that step would be eliminate snacking would probably be a first step. And then essentially cleaning up, you know, what they're eating is important as well, because when you're eating clean whole foods, it just makes fasting that much easier. So you want to sort of set mm -hmm. them up for success as opposed to just, there are some people who probably won't change what they eat and they just want to start fasting and implementing that. And I think that's fine for some people, but um, for most of my clients, I like to, you know, clean up their eating. You know, these could be small changes instead of having, you know, instead of for breakfast, having uh, a muffin and cereal, maybe we have eggs and avocado, right? Like healthy fats, protein, and that'll keep them more satiated throughout the day, which will allow them to eliminate snacking, which in turn, once they get into maybe a 16-8 window, they, they'll have success. And so I think that's a good place to start. Um, and then, you know, you can obviously tailor the fasting windows as they go, um, like almost like you mentioned, you did, um, it, perhaps if they plateau or if they just feel like they're, they're, yeah, they're stuck in a certain place. But I think those would be good starting, like sort of starting steps to, to get into it. And, and Brian, do you recommend doing the 16, eight every single day? Would you start off with one or two days a week? How do you ramp into that as well? Yeah. So. I do recommend if you can do the same thing every day. I think that goes back to like having structure and routine. I know there's mm -hmm. there's some people who do five two where they're like eat normal for five days and then fast for two days. I just I just find that I that might be difficult for some people. They're used to eating a certain mm -hmm. way and then oh two days pop along and they have to fast or do one you know maybe have one meal or. So I would say, yes, they don't have to do 16-8 right away. Let's say they do 12-12. And then they, you know, the, the journal that I came out with sort of what it teaches to do is push back that first meal gradually. And you can do that over a week or over two weeks until you get to, you know, let's just say noon or one o'clock. And then you'll, you'll be used to it by then. Yeah. Now there's, there's multiple different, 
ways when it comes to fasting, right? Or let's actually put it this way. You know, what's the difference between intermittent fasting, fasting, time-restricted feeding? Like, where is where's the, the, the separation here, right? Because a lot of people will throw like, oh, yeah, I, I, I did a fast, right? And they didn't eat for 16 hours. Is, is that a fast? Um, or are we talking fast or, or longer, day periods of fasting? I would say that, I mean, yeah, there are, I would say extended fasts probably are fasts that are longer than a day. Mm-hmm. I would say if you want to say intermediate fat and intermittent fasting would be where you're doing some, some type of, you know, restricted eating window every day. And, and maybe when you talk about time restricted eating and you talk about eating, you know, there's obviously some research around eating earlier in the day or when it's, when the sun's out mm-hmm. um, and then, closing your window at a certain time. So I would say maybe those would be the, some of the distinctions and other, other people might think there might be different ones. Obviously there's many ways to do it, but that's what I would say. So, yeah. And would you suggest like, and do you suggest with your clients, right? If they're, you're getting them to the point of like uh, the intermittent fasting, which is less than 24 hours. Do you push them into longer fasts and say like, Hey, do you want to try a 48, a 72? You know, how far do, do people go out? Can people do five days or seven day fast? Is that healthy? Yeah. So I don't do a lot of extended fasts with my clients. Um, I know like I've had, you know, Jason Fung and, and, uh, on the podcast and he has the fasting method and, right. you know, they, they, they do a lot of extended fasts with their clients. They're monitoring their blood and things like that. And, um, and their insulin levels, um, and I think there's a time and place if you really need healing. And, um, and I know there's like this clinic out of Germany and I, I watched some of their stuff online a little bit, but, and they do extended fast where people come to their facility and they're monitored and stuff like that. So I think if you're being monitored and you really need to heal from something, I actually got interviewed from a woman, God, what was her name? And I was on her podcast. She did a 30 day fast. Um, Whoa. really? Yeah. I was like blown away. I thought she said, I, I like had to like hear her. I'm like, what'd you say? <laughs> what that? Did you say 30 day? I like made me seem like small. I'm like, oh God, <laughs> um, that two day fast I just did. Yes. Um, yes. Doesn't seem like much. Uh, so, but you know, I don't think for most people, they need to do more. If they, if they want to do an extended fast, you know, a two to three day fast, I think is, it's probably plenty. I think it, you know, a lot of people talk about like cell cleansing and I think that, you know, those little bit longer fasts can help with that autophagy. Right. Um, but again, going back to your question, I don't have a lot of my clients do expense extended fasts. I, I, I typically have, and a lot of them are male. I typically get them into eating two meals a day, um, and, and doing a 16, eight, mm-hmm. but sometimes, you know, as we go, then we can go, uh, maybe we shorten that window a little bit more depending on their goals and where they're at. Mm. Mm-hmm. So. And, and w- when it comes to fasting and you, you get, you get them to the point where they're doing 16, 18, you're talking about like different schedules. What about exercise? I, I, yeah, it sounds like you have a ton of different types of clients. 
maybe some people that like to lift weights, other people that want to do more aerobic training. That, how do you how do you balance that? You know, because I'm I'm very intrigued because a lot of times I'm just like, cool. How far can my body go? You know, like 20, 20 mile run, no food. All right, let's go. You know, thirty four mile run, no food. Okay, cool. Let's go. What, what can what is the possibility of that? So when it comes to fasting and and exercise, what's your take? Well, you know, they're both stressors on the body, right? And so I think that you don't want to overdo either one of them, right? I don't, we talk about, we talked about micro workouts already. I'm a big believer in that. So a lot of my clients, I'll get them into a routine where they're doing it, I would say three to four times a week, but maybe a 20 to 30 minute workout. Um, And mainly we focus on, on, on building muscle and overall strength. Mm-hmm. Um, cause as you get older, that's, that's really important. Um, so, uh, that's first and foremost. So we do, we do have like an, I call it like an activity upgrade, right? Get them doing if they're their body weight or perhaps resistant bands. I, 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 I like using the X3 from time to time and that's re- variable resistance. Um, so, and fasting's a stressor. So I think you just have to keep an eye on it. Um, I will say like for me, this is not for everybody, but I remember when I first got into fasting, like I actually almost felt like I got too skinny a little bit. Mm. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm a leaner body type as it is. And uh, I had to watch myself. So you do want to keep an eye on that. And a lot of times I'll have my clients do DEXA scans. So we know uh, where we're starting from, where the baseline is. And then, um, okay, no, we know what body percent fat body fat percent they have lean mass things like that um and then we can build the program around that as far as timing excuse me joel as far as timing goes i we get a lot of clients who tend to work out in the morning and then they might not eat though until the evening do you have a recommendation for your clients on the timing of where they place their workout in relation to when they're eating uh no no actually i just did a small micro podcast on um on that meaning the 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 window of time as far as when they get their nutrients in doesn't really matter as much i think in in, in the past and i think a lot of marketing and new supplement companies wanted you to think that there was this anabolic window right after you work out that you should just start ingesting food or a shake right but that, that there's studies shown that like you have like a two-day window i believe so um i don't i think whenever it works for your schedule is most important because then you'll stay with it consistently. So I've changed my workout times throughout the years. I used to be more, more of a morning workouter than I was like late afternoon. Now I'm like right in the middle of the day. So I don't, I really don't think there's a right or wrong. Um, I think it just what, what works best and how you, when do you feel you're, you know, most energized? Yeah. I like that. What works for your schedule. And, and if you, especially when you're first starting out, I would, I find a lot of people, it might be tougher to have that workout in the morning and then wait to eat later. So if you're used to eating, especially after your workout, so maybe start with moving your workout around that meal and then slowly move it away if that works for your schedule. Yeah, that's part of the reason why I actually I move mine because a lot of times I'll be fasted. I'll do a fasted workout at like, let's just say one o'clock or one, two o'clock, and then I'll just eat after and just break mm-hmm, it. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, break my that's how I like to do it. Then, yeah. yeah. Mm. Same page. Let's see. That's, that's so interesting because I, I work out in the morning. 
right? And so there'll there'll be times where I'm not breaking my fast until the you know the evening. You know, it might might be lunch. Um, it might be as late as like four o'clock or five o'clock. And that was always a concern for me. I'm like, man, am I getting enough protein? You know, like, am yeah. I, I going to lose all this muscle? You know, yet again, like looking at all the different strength tests that I came back to, I, and I haven't done a DEXA scan. Um, I haven't really tested that. I, I have an in-body scan that I haven't gone back to in a while. Um, yet just looking at myself, feeling the strength, I'm like, I don't feel like I've lost you know, much muscle mass. So, I mean, is there, is there weight behind that of like, Hey, you got to get X amount of protein. I mean, can you build muscle mass while intermittent fasting? Yeah, you can. I mean, you, you like, you've talked about it. I mean, I, I do DEXA scans probably every six months and I months and I have put on muscle mass, um, throughout, let's just say the last few years since like COVID, um, and so I've done that with fasting and micro workouts. And I think what helped too was increasing protein. I probably don't even, you know, I think that's the biggest thing that can be a little bit difficult, especially if you, if you really are in a growth phase is getting in enough protein, you know, so, um, it's tough to have so much in one meal. That's why I, I try to go, I try to have two solid meals. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll hear people say like, ideally for muscle protein synthesis, that you should really spike it like three times a day. Um, you know, but you can have an eating window of, let's just say six hours and you could technically get in three meals there. Um, and if you're not feeling like you're getting enough protein in, um, so it can be difficult. Yeah. It can, it can be a challenging thing. And, I think it just goes back to like, what, what results are you getting? And you know, how are you feeling? Because you could throw all the studies out the window and if it's working and you in mm-hmm. like for myself, I've been gaining muscle, you know, maybe, maybe I'm leaving a little bit on the table, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of gaining, you know, instead of gaining, um, 5%, uh, uh, muscle, if I would have had three meals during that time period, maybe I would have gained 7%, but it's like, it's not like, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm not training for anything. Um, perhaps if I was training in maybe a natural bodybuilder, I would, I would maybe then focus more on, on, on maybe having a little bit more protein and, and having three meals. Right. So. Yeah, I, that's the feeling that I've had uh, through it. I mean, even doing one meal a day and being on, you know, doing OMAD, uh, it, I, I, I just really have wanted to test my body. Like I come back and I go, well, how much? Like how much stress is? And there's definitely been times, right, that too much stress, too much stress. And I, I'm, I'm curious, do you have, what's your take on one meal a day? Uh, and whether that's too, too much stress on the body, whether that can be helpful, whether people can do it, um, should they eat one meal, one big meal? Should they do a two hour window of eating multiple meals? What's your take on, on the one meal a day? Yeah. I mean, I, I think for most people for sustainability purposes, I think two meals is what I, I would say ideal, especially with a lot of the clients that I work with. Um, but hey, what's to say that it doesn't work? Like you mentioned, I mean, like it, it worked. It worked for you for a while. 
you know, so I would say give it a try. If it's something that you've never done, you want to try. I, I'll have times where I'll just have one meal or I might even have just like a little bit of a protein shake um, like midway through the day. And that just to and just to sort of have a little, you know, that way I don't mm. feel like I need to have that one meal and like fit it all in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so you just got to be careful if you're like if you are sort of in a growth phase and you're just having one meal then you're going to feel like you're just like, and I can and honestly, and I don't know how you feel, but when I did, when I do one meal a day, you get full quick, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, how much can you eat in that one meal? I mean, you know, so yes, I think it can work. I think it depends on the person, but you know, as you get older too, you know, you don't absorb protein as much as, as you do when you're younger. So I think for most middle age, let's say 40, 50 plus males, who are, you know, looking to maintain or even grow a little bit with, with, uh, you know, their muscle strength and their strength, I would say that two meals would probably be a good place to go from. And if it's, it's not working for you, you can always try one, but yeah. So I guess that's my take on it. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that's, I've been at my own, you know, experiment, <laughs> you know, like that's why there's not too many people that I know, I mean, most people who were, were runners were like, you're the dumbest person I know <laughs> running an ultra marathon with, you know, not a thousand goos in your pocket and so on and so forth. And listen, guys, if you're listening, I don't suggest anybody do that. Like I'm not backing that, that saying like you should do it yet. I t- took a very long, extensive training period of working without food or with, you know, just fats and proteins in my runs. I didn't just, you know, shotgun it and just go, let's roll. Yet, I, to be honest, Brian, I was pretty damn surprised (laughs) that my body was able to be fat adaptive, metabolic flexible, whatever you want to say it, to be able to produce like that. How beneficial is intermittent fasting or being fat adaptive or metabolically flexible for performance? Um, or is it, I think for me being, having the mental clarity, um, going into a workout is, is a big deal. Like I'll do a pre-workout drink, maybe nothing crazy, a clean one with some caffeine and, and I feel good. Um, as far as performance, some people feel like they need to have a little bit of like a little bit of a carb load. Uh, maybe because probably they're used to it. And I would say that, you know, you talk about working out in a fast state. I think before you do that, perhaps you should be in a low insulin state and get used to that for like, say, two to three weeks. Mm. And once you get to that point, then you can try your faster workouts. I think if you've never done it, you're used to having a yogurt and banana beforehand. That's fine. But, you know, so there can be advantages, right? We can we can use our own fat stores. Um when we're, you know, when we're working out and, um, but on the other hand, if you're not used to it, then you can sort of bonk and probably not do so well. So I think it's something that you, you should ease into. And I've done both. I'll experiment and, and have a little something and then work out two hours later. And I, yeah, like you, like I, I don't, I didn't see, see that big of a change in my performance. So. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, Coach Emily. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. A lot of people, I think it's habit of having that food before and how fat adapted they are. How long have they been practicing, practicing this for yet? Something that we, uh, help our clients with is to, and you talk about this a lot is how do you make it easier to get into that fasted state? And one of the tools we use is electrolytes. So I'm curious if that's something that you use, um, if you have a certain amount or type and how you, how you utilize that. Yeah, so it's interesting you bring this up because I had Barton Scott. He owns a company called Upgraded Formulas. Uh, it's a hair and mineral test. And I just got my results about a few weeks ago. And then I had a little consult with them. And, and my results were I was a little bit low. I actually have them right here. I was a little bit low in, in potassium and sodium. And so especially if you're sort of a low carb, um, mm -hmm. and, you know, if you're low carb and you're fasting, you're, you're excreting these things and I do sauna and so, and sometimes hot yoga, so I'm sweating. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so, you know, these are, you know, I, I got to sort of keep an eye on that stuff and he, and yeah, so I got to, and, and I salt all my foods, but you know, mm -hmm. he's like, start measuring it out and seeing wh where you're at. So actually this morning I took uh, two teaspoons of Redmond real salt, put it in a cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and ha I haven't used it all yet, so I'm gonna have dinner after this, and hopefully I'll just dump it all over and ruin the steak. You know? <laughs> uh, so I can use, you know, have my sodium intake. Um, so yeah, I definitely think it's something you 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 want to keep an eye on it, and 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 you know, like I have, what's this Liquid Death? Not that they're like a sponsor, but they have um, sparkling water, and there's and there's some mineral contents in that. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's so important, and that and a lot of times people think they're hungry, but they're really just probably a bit, you know, dehydrated or their electrolytes are low. Um, yeah. So. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's definitely, that's the exact thing that we do with our clients is the two teaspoon test, like have that out during the day, oh. go through that and then see how you feel after that amount. That's, that's usually equated to about 5,000 milligrams of sodium, um, which is something we, we recommend as a starting point and see how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm doing. And, and I'm realizing I probably, as much as I think I, I, I use salt a lot when you're only right. eating one or two meals, it's, yeah, you're not it's harder getting, to get it in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do sometimes use, uh, that element, you know, Rob Wolf's company where I put that in my drinks from time. So I have that from time to time, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's something you really want to keep an eye on. And, um, and yeah, this hair and mineral test really sort of woke me up to that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I, I've found, for me, I do two minimum element packets a day, if not three and possibly four. And that helps me tremendously yeah. throughout my day yeah. and when I'm getting... Um, you have the, the raw one or are you doing the, the flavored? I do. I do the chocolate all day long, <laughs> every day. Yeah, you know what? I'll tell you. I have a special. What do you put the chocolate with? I'm curious because that's what I use when I use it. Yeah. I, so in the morning, I do it with MCT oil. And then uh, okay. then the next, I'll do it with some collagen. So then I do collagen in my second 32 ounces. And then my third one when I'm here at the office is just just with the element by itself. But I've, I've done it with Just, a little bit of coconut milk in water. Yeah. Nice. I like to do it. I'll do a little bit of cold brew. I'll mm. put, yeah, I'll put a little bit of MCT oil in there. Then I'll just do the rest water and ice and then put the element in there. 
That sounds and great. The chocolate omelet. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice one. Like I've not tried that yet. Oh, yeah. Yes. Give that a go. Thanks for the tip. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes. yes. Um, Brian and Emily, feel free to tap in on this is, uh, when it comes to fasting for women, the majority <laughs> of your clients, men, do you suggest women to fast? Um, what's your take there? Staying away. No, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm staying away. Yeah. I, I would say majority of my clients are men. Um, and with women, sure, women can fast. I think I, what did I have? Megan Ramos, and she works with women a lot through fasting. And actually, the 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 woman, the person that introduced me to fasting was a woman, and she was doing extended fast. I think I'm not. I will say I'm not like an expert on this. I know there's ways to do it around your cycle and and this and that. And obviously, they have a little bit more going on as far as hormonally. Um, but yeah, they can definitely fast. And, you know, just like men, I think they have to ease themselves into it um, and just find what sort of fits for them. Um, but that's as far as I'm going to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you said, though, with the hormetic stressors, to me, the way I look at it is women have an extra hormetic stressor they have to look at. So if you're having all these stressors, you know, fasting might be tipping that cup for you. So paying attention to that, like you said, with the timing of the cycle and how you're feeling, where your hormones are at. If you have any issues with your cycle, there's definitely a time and place for it. Yet I'd agree with you overall. It, it can definitely be a tool for women. It's just a matter of how how is your sleep? How is your cycle going? All the things, right? Taking everything into consideration. Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> obviously, obviously, if you're in a growth stage, which would be pregnancy or um, exactly, breastfeeding yeah. and things like that, or if you're chronically stressed, you don't sleep well and if you have a history of like disordered eating you know fasting mm -hmm. is definitely not going to be i don't advise right mm. yeah totally agree and one thing i uh, my multiple things <laughs> but one of the things that i'm really interested because in, you do work with men and i'm sure you have a lot of hard charging men do you ever find guys who overdo it right they're already living like a stressful job they got kids they're ceos like they're you know, and they're just like, well, shoot, I mean, if 12 hours is good, how about 16? And if 16 is good, how about 18? If 18 is good, like, do you run like into Joel? that? Yeah, yeah. Like, man, if I could, I'll just, I won't eat ever, you know, and I'm going to go <laughs> run across the world and, you know, like, I'll be fine until I'm like dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have run into that a little bit uh, because a lot of times people think more is better. Right. And it's not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. So you just have to sort of, Walk, talk them out of that because um, like we talked about it is a stressor and and you got to have everything else in check your sleep and your stress and things like that um before you start doing going crazy with fasting and again it's a tool and it's something that uh you don't want to overdo just like any of these other stressors we've talked about so and and what would be the signs like say somebody's starting to do fasting they don't have a coach like like you, um, what could be yeah. the signs that they're overdoing it, that it's not working well for them? Yeah. I mean, some people can maybe start even putting on weight, perhaps, uh, the body will start hanging on to fat and, um, or they can have too much, right. They could be sort of getting underweight a little bit and just looking like they're sick. Um, and also maybe if they're not recovering well from their workouts, 
Um, you know, those are all signs and obviously, you know, slowing down the thyroid and maybe even some hair loss, you know, things like that. Um, so there are some signs and, um, you know, you want to sort of ease your way into it and sort of find it's like, yeah, it's like anything else. You want to sort of find that sort of window that works well and into your lifestyle. And, you know, if you're traveling a lot too, I've, I've men who are traveling a lot. It's a good tool to use for travel because, you know, not that they give you any food on planes anymore. They give you like <laughs> co- cookies and nuts and, you know, but unless you're sitting first, which I know you guys do. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, that's what's like. we have our own plane. Right, actually. Yeah, I'm, oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, if you have your own plane, then that's yeah, easy. <laughs> right. Right. But if you don't have your own plane, um, I actually like using fasting as a tool when you're, when you're traveling. Um, I mean, you see if you're traveling every week or every other day, you know, you gotta not do that, but, if I'm, if I have a travel day, I'll probably do a longer fast. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, nice. Yeah. nice, nice. Coach Emily, any other questions you have for Brian before we wrap this up? Yeah. My last question would be in addition to the electrolytes, maybe helping out when you're starting fasting or extending that period for the first time, what are your other tips for helping with that? You mentioned a little bit about adding protein and fat. Um, anything more on that? Yeah. So. I like to use, I'll tell you, there's a lot of different tools and tips you can use. Um, I think that having a coach guide you or using like a journal just to record, you know, what you've been doing um, and as you ramp up into fasting. But yeah, like I mentioned, eating clean really helps prioritizing protein and healthy fats. Um, Little tips like I like to use like sparkling water. I think it's great. You know, hunger, hunger waves come and go, right? So you got to sort of sort of ride it out sometimes and Mm -hmm. drinking sparkling water, even some black coffee. Um, and like you mentioned, um, you know, I guess a lot of people will say, well, what's a clean fast. I mean, if, if, you know, you have these like fasting training wheels that you can use. So if you want to have some black coffee, even with a little bit of like a, a cream or, um, like an MCT oil, you know, that'll help, uh, get you through times when you need it. So I would say those are good places to start, you know, like we talked about electrolytes and eating clean. I think those all, and also uh, I almost forgot is feet, um, if, if you're starting fasting, find a time when you're busy to do it. Like mm-hmm. not when you're like sitting, staring at the kitchen, <laughs> mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Am I right, y'all? Oh man, I <laughs> well, right? it's so interesting because my my um, brother, he he was the one that first started off doing fasting, and one of the things that uh, we have recognized is since the pandemic, he's worked at home. Mm-hmm. Well, he'll struggle at times to get to his sixteen or eighteen hours because he's like, Look, the kitchen's right. right there, you know, it's literally <laughs> right behind me. Where I'm like, I leave, I go to the office. And there's times where it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I didn't. I only had one meal a day. It, and that's because I've just been on doop, 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 doop. I had my element. I had my black coffee. You know, I'm busy throughout the day. So it's like, and then I get home. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'll eat now. So that that is a <laughs> for sure when it's there. Yeah, yeah I just talk, was talking to a client today. He's going to try a 24-hour fast for the first time just to see. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I'll do it on like a Sunday because, you know, I have time to prepare. I'm like, well, you might want to rethink that. Do it on a day that you have stuff lined up to keep you busy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing I would say. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Agreed. Awesome. Well, 
Brian, we really appreciate you being on, on the show and being able to share all this knowledge um, with us. If people are interested and they want to learn more about what you do, your journal, right, your podcast, how do people get a hold of you? Um, how, do they, how do they work with you? Yeah, I would say the easiest place is just go to BrianGrin.com. And it's all there. They can reach out. We could do a 15-minute call and just discuss what would be a good tool for them because I have a few different tools that they can use to get started. And, yeah, the, the podcast is on my website too, just like you guys have. And uh, it's all there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Emily, anything else? Yeah, if you could pick three simple tools to start getting either more fat adapted or fasting three simple things we talked about today what would you narrow narrow them down to okay so three simple things to get fat adapted and in, in, into fasting mm -hmm. can i repeat stuff i said already or no exactly yeah what, what would be the top three yeah repetition for sure <laughs> um well el eliminate snacking uh, eat whole foods and just push back your first meal one hour gradually mm -hmm. until you get to the window that you're looking for. Perfect. That is that a one, two, three that's step. That's golden yeah. right there. You guys, it's, if that simple. didn't, yeah, if that didn't sell you simple and easy are not the same thing, <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah, Brian gave it to you guys right there. And, and if you guys want to work with Brian, head over to his website, BrianGrin.com, and check him out. We, we love having great guests uh, who are super knowledgeable. And Brian, you, you fit the bill there, man. And we really appreciate you having, on the, having being on the show. Emily and Joel, thanks so much for having me on. It was a pleasure. Yeah, you're absolutely welcome. All right, you guys, that is it. Episode 67 in the books. We'll see you next week. Episode 68. And I actually don't remember what we're going to be talking about. <laughs> but you know, common myths. Ah, common oh, wait, myths. we have a we have a we have a listener coming in. We had one <laughs> we had one listener coming in. No, they hey, just guys. chimed in. They, hey, oh yes, they did. They did give a little the little hearts. Well, hey, who, whoever's that whoever that is, because I can't see who you are. Uh, thanks for chiming in. Thanks for being. Thanks for the love. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the love. <laughs> All right, Brian. We'll we'll see you next time. See you guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah.